Hello and welcome to another Friday night, the Mac and Football Show here on YouTube. If you want to get involved in your listening on a podcast, just find us on YouTube. It will be linked in the about section of the podcast. Um, today we have a couple of guests. We have DJ, we have Jacob, and we have Paul again from RWA Productions. Welcome along. Um, Nathan Key in the chat already. Thank you. Um, saying we need to be Burra the scum 2 1 to get back into the table. We'll go into Burra in a bit, but um, first up, I want to talk about our previous match. Um, but before all that, hello, DJ. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jacob. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll ask the initial question. What's your thoughts about our Swansea game? I think we, before the red card, we were the better team. We were on top of Swansea, but mm -hmm. the, red, the red card cost us the game, to be fair, and referee was shit. So you, you're, blaming it on the, you're blaming it on the card and the referee. Uh, Paul, what are, you, what are you saying, mate? Oh, <laughs> you know, I was I was actually at the game, so mm -hmm. oh, put this way, I, during the during the game, I actually almost lost my voice. I was I was actually shouting my head off at Key Stroud. The ref, you you're blaming it on the referee as well, then. Oh yes, Andy's uh, Andy's linesman's as well. Yeah, I'll I'll ask a question leading on to that in a bit, but I think there could be some potential there around us as a fan base being too intimidating against Mash, the the referees that might sway decisions against us. Um, and DJ, what do you think, mate? What what was your thoughts on the the Swansea game? difficult to try and put an analysis on it because it could have been a completely different outcome if it was 11 against 11 you know mm -hmm. um, it, so it's hard to really tell because you know, it's, that was it really wasn't the real so the oh, West Brom have just gone through and they look like oh no it's offside yeah. um, it, it's just hard to tell because I mean it wasn't really a fair encounter as, as far as I'm concerned I do think they would have been there for the take and I mean down to 10 men yeah we did mm -hmm. score and we we brought it back on the level terms. I didn't think Swansea really offered that much, to be quite honest, because they were playing for the majority of that match um, with an extra man. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to harp on and, and blame like refs and things like that. It was a stupid challenge by O9. Fair enough, yeah. it's been a penalty against Diallo um, and stuff. But yeah, know, it's it's just one of those things. Just just write it off. I think we. Yeah, we we have got to write off the game and chalk it up to um, it being one of those banana peels. I think somebody mentioned in in the in the watch along stream about Swansea being one of those teams we never seem to get anything from. Um, but I, I do think there is a lot behind blaming the referee on that because yes, uh, yes, the red card was definitely a red card for Lugo Nine. There's no contest about it. Anybody, any Sunderland fan that's saying, oh, I don't know. Both his feet were off the ground. He lunged out of it. He was out of control. He absolutely snapped the players in 
<laughs> he could have snapped the player's leg. It could have ended his career. Um, it was that rash of a challenge. It was definitely a red card. And Lugo Nines come out with a statement on, uh, I think it was Instagram, not Twitter this time, um, basically apologising for his actions, costing the team three points, all, all of that, what you'd expect from him. Oh, yeah. But- um, all your lippy series just said on, on my chat, I could see Sunderland still going down, never know what can happen there. Hopefully not. I, I don't no see it now. There's no way we'll go down. No we, we, there's, there's definitely more than three teams worse off than us, and we are, what, at least... Okay. We're, we're, no, we're, I'm trying to think. We're 12 points clear of the relegation zone at Huddersfield right now. Um, four games... Worse than their form. Side yet, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think relegation's completely off the cards now for us, unless we absolutely dip and roller coaster out of it. Um, but yeah, the, for me, there is a there is a, a a tender hook of blame for that Swansea result on the match of, match officiating, the Amar Diallo penalty decision, literally ten seconds before that Lugo Nine challenge was not given. Why? That to me is so baffling. They it he breaks past him in the box, doesn't touch the ball, gets entirely the player's shin, and Ahmad goes down. It might look soft, but if we had VAR in the championship, that would have been given as a penalty. I think the the game would have stopped naturally at the point of the Lugo 9 challenge, so he would have still getting the red card, but Ahmad Diallo, the game would have continued on from the penalty spot, not the free kick. Do you disagree with that, lads, or not? It could have been a different outcome, but I mean, it's... Look, how many shitty decisions the referee is going to impact Sunderland's, mm-hmm. Sunderland, Sunderland games? I mean, it's gone on and on and on, and it's still going on. That's why we need VAR in the championship. Stop these yeah. clowns. That's literally my question. Should we have it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, we need it. The thing is, that penalty actually was in front of the referee as well. Yeah. It, 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 there was too many decisions I think this referee just ignored for Sunderland and gave in Swansea's favour. I don't think he has a bias towards Swansea. I think he, he would officiate any Swansea game going forward without any bias. If I think he comes into another Sunderland match, I think whoever we're playing against is probably going to take away all three points. I think it was that. It it felt corrupt. And I don't usually throw that word around a lot. But I do think generally the referees, for some, I know we keep saying this. No, I think think it's more this one, mate. No, this one, yeah. But I I do think some of the referees, it seems to have got something against Sunderland because it always massively seems to go against us all the time. Darren Bond, for example, look at Darren Bond. I don't Darren. think I don't I don't think Darren Bond's corrupt. I just think he's a dick. Um, <laughs> so, you not like it. He's the fourth official on Sunday. So any any deci- yeah, there you go. Any any decisions on Sunday that requires the fourth official, a I don't know substitutions, anything like that, he will be a dickhead to us. And I, I don't think there's there's going to be any real change around that for a while um yeah i'm just really frustrated the the goals for the goals for swansea what what do you reckon of them then the the opener you were there paul you go first what what we what were your thoughts when that went in 
Uh, first goal for me, that was offside. That that, that was actually in front of me because uh, I was in the southwest corner. Who was offside and, from uh, that, though? I was here that the, uh, their player was offside. Um, I'm not sure he was, but I had the benefit of television and footage. So you felt that was offside. I just think I just think all three of their goals were messy as fuck. Um, our defenders were all over the floor. Um, I like how Jacob and DJ are in the chat asking each other questions. Well, I know exactly <laughs> what the question's gonna be. Um, to be or not to be. To be or not to be. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just felt like defensively going down to ten men, we didn't make enough changes to solidify Luke on nine leaving leaving the pitch. We come into half time, we've made one sub, uh that was Ballard fun um it was Ballard on four. Do you remember? It was like the half an hour mark. Uh Ballard was already on the pitch actually. Um Danny Bath came on. Bath, yeah, right, okay. So Ballard was off and Bath was on. So that that to me is not we're not changing anything other than going from a four at the back to three at the back. And I think three at the back. Oh Roberts, Roberts came off for Bath. So we it looked like we were making some more defensively minded substitutions at the twenty two minute mark after all that chaos had settled. But I think there should have been some subs at half time. I think when now mass number of subs came on it was all too little too late there you go look 3-1 Cooper 70th minute we make four subs five minutes later why are we not making them subs sooner it made no sense to me the energy levels required to keep this team in the game were going to depreciate a lot faster than um, Swansea thank you appreciate that uh, so uh, RWS saying, looking forward to having you on our channel on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to being on the uh, on the the production on the live stream. But <laughs> I came on for Robert's bath. Sorry, but yeah, it, it's I don't know. I I just really I'm really really quite bitter about that game. Um, I've I know we've lost in the past, and I, I generally get get over them quite quickly. Um, the Burnley one being quite a, <laughs> an obvious like one. A fair game, would you like to see? Mm -hmm. 11 against 11, a proper contest to see who literally will come out on top, but you weren't able to do that on Saturday. I think that sums it up, DJ. Thank you. That, that's essentially it. it. It just feels like I've, I don't know, I've been slapped in the face with a, a cream pie. If that was a match, you'd be wanting a rematch, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I, if... I said to Bowers after the game, you know, if we stayed 11, 11 men against 11 men, do you actually think we would have actually won them? The way we yeah. were performing the first 20 minutes, we were on top of them, mate. Um, the way we held out for the first half, um, I think we were the better team in that first half if we had 11 men throughout it. Um, the pressure was just going to be too much. Once you've got a gap in your pitch and the the opposition have got time to stop, rethink and be repositioned to take advantage of it, it's naturally going to fall in the favour of the, the, the full squad. So, yeah. Um, I think we could have. I don't know if it would have happened, though. We definitely could have, because even down to 10 men, we score a goal, right? That, that tells us they had vulnerabilities that we could have exploited. 
you're a good side Swansea though. But like, yeah, yeah. we've got a really good record against Sunderland as well. No, yeah, I don't think we've beat them since like 2014. It's been nearly a decade since we've beat Swansea. Why do you think that is though? I mean, you know, what what do you think causes a bogey team? Is it is it to get something set in stone in the mind that causes that? Is it is it just the name Swansea because it's uh, they were in the Premier League for quite a long time and potentially in the minds of the players, oh, these are a big team. Are they are they afraid of them? Are they showing them too much respect? There must be something going on. Good question. I'll I'll let um Jacob and Paul answer that one. I'm not sure. Hey. We're not. We've had a few bogey teams over the years, like Burton Albion, Swansea. You know, it's. I don't know what it is. Is it? It's just. I. I have no idea to be honest. Because they were quite. They, might, in, they were in the Premier League for quite a long time, Swansea, weren't they? Yeah, they were, and. Man, I don't. I don't think bogey teams are a, a real thing. I think it's just the the team on the day performed better. Um, if we're using ex-Premier League teams, so much of this championship is full of teams that have been in the Premier League in the last decade. Um, we okay. we can't, yeah, we can't, we can't use that as a, uh, a barometer of this team has a good history. Therefore, we should be concerned. I think it's uh, have we got a better starting eleven and better sub bench than the team that we're coming up against? If the answer is no, then a point is what we need to aim for or better. Um, and if the answer is yes, we should be we should be winning. So teams like Norwich, I think we should be drawing against because they have got likes of Pookie, who's Premier League quality. Um, but the likes of Millwall and Luton, I think that we're on their level now. Yeah, so uh, actually. Mm. So do you? Did you say sorry? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think. Once we get towards that top end of the table, where Watford are now, where West Brom have somehow miraculously came up to now, it, it it's one of those things where we've, until we get the the recruitment right and the team gel, we should be hovering around the mid mid table mark in the championship. I'm sorry to any Sunderland fans that have higher ambitions than that. I have higher ambitions than that, but realistically, that that's where I think we're at. Yeah, that's why I think we'll finish as well, mid-table. So, you on the wacky backy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think DJ's prediction for the upcoming match this weekend is is that far off. Um, you are going through your predictions in in the chat, but um, for those of you for those of you that can't see it, um, Yorkshire, what was your prediction for? this um, Middlesbrough game on Sunday? 2-2. Two, two. And what makes you think that? I don't know. I don't, it's a tight game and I don't think they'll completely smash us, but I don't think, like, you know, I don't think we'll win, but I just, and I don't think we'll lose either. I think it'll be just one of those tight games. Do, do, you, do you think it'll be a 2-2? Two, two, I don't know if you um, saw the games this weekend, but there was a 2-2. Two, two. Where um Reading took the lead 2-0, um home team 2-0 up at half time and then the game ends 2-2. Do you think it'll be like that? Do you think because we're the home team will we'll have a really good first half, go 2-0 up and then invite them on and try and defend that lead? Or do you think it's gonna be one goal each, one goal each, then back and forth? Probably, 
back, back and forth, one goal each, to be honest. But it wouldn't surprise me if the, the first option you said happened. But Or it wouldn't even surprise me if Borough were 2-0 up at half-time and we get a comeback. So Yeah. But yeah, it'd be a, your second mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And uh, DJ said in the in the chat as well, what was your prediction, mate? And what's got you on that wavelength? What, what, why? I just think they're, I just think they're too strong of an outfit. Um, they're both great guns at the moment, the flying eye, and I just think they'll have like a Burnley game sort of thing. I think I just think they've got too much for us. Okay. Um, Paul, what are you thinking prediction-wise? You haven't put yours in there, but one-one <laughs> uh, for me. A one-one score draw. Fancy having a negative attitude like that, 1-1, one, one. come on. Oh, one. I mean, like, how, how, dare, how dare we only get one point? Um, okay. The reason I said 1-1, one, one, actually, Middlesbrough actually are in good form at the moment. You know, fair enough, they actually won Millwall 1-0 at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Bookies have got them favourites. The, the, yeah, they, they will. I mean, they have come on quite a bit. They've won four on the bar of that. But um, it, it's... I think it's a team we can beat. I think it's going to be a slog. I'm going to go for a just a one goal game. I'm going to go for someone one nil. Um, I don't know. I just think the game is going to be very very tight, and I think we'll probably snatch it. For me, ultimately, what I want to see from this game, even if it is a boring nil nil, I want to see more clean sheets from Sunderland defensively. Now that we are without Luko 9 as that I'll play anywhere you want me gaffer player, I think we might actually do better with dedicated defenders in defence. You've got to put Billy Rice, you've got to put Danny Barth, you've got to put Ballard in the back because that, 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 um, don't get me wrong, I really like Luko 9. I just think his natural position is not a centre back. He's just not. Yeah, well, Tony Morbury said today actually that um, Bailey Wright could could actually um, feature. It depends on the scan actually. Um, yeah, because I, I think I don't know if Bailey Wright's picked up an injury or something, but he's apparently he's going to apparently have a scan today. But it depends on that. If he's okay, then he'll start. Yeah, he had a he had a slight pull from the uh, World Cup training. He didn't. He didn't do anything in a match to have an injury. He's just got a, I think, a hamstring pull. Um, welcome along, DJ. What What are you thinking? What the prediction thing? Yeah. Uh, no, with with our defender situation, I, I'm saying I want us to see a clean sheet from this match. I genuinely don't care if we don't score a goal as long as we keep a clean sheet in this Middlesbrough game. You're saying we're gonna we're gonna leak three goals. Do you think? Do you think not having Luke or nine a makeshift defender and having dedicated defenders will be in our favour or not? Do you think Luke or nine's that good and that much of a gap to to bridge? Um, I don't know really. I mean, look, I know we were down to ten men against um, Swansea, but it was slack defending for the goals. They mm-hmm. were just. The, the, it's got to be a lot better. We've got to be a lot tighter. You can't just rely on one man at the back. It's got to be a unit talking to each other at the back, closing the players down, making it more difficult. Yeah. Like that, we went through a period when, under Alex Neil where 
and were a really difficult team to break down. We need to get back to that at the minute because at the end of the day, we're just sometimes getting the piss took out of us when a team's going forward. It was just it's just so much time and space in the box that needs to pack it in. That needs to stop. Yeah. Let me just turn DJ up. I've just uh, Robin said I can barely hear you. Um, can you just test that out quickly? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if anybody's not heard again, I was just basically saying the um, we need to tighten up massively at the back because you know it's been too easy when when teams have come forward. Mm -hmm. um, we've been poor at defending crosses and balls and set pieces coming into the box um, and it just seems to be players in no man's land and it's just you know all of a sudden you've got an opposition striker or midfielder in the box nobody around mm -hmm. them has got all the time in the world to, to bang in a bang in goal that needs to be that, that needs to I'm not saying stopped it's impossible to stop every goal but we need to tighten up be a bit more harder to break down because at the minute yeah. it's too easy that's why I'm going Middlesbrough 3-0 because uh, not been defending very well, really, like these last few um, these last few months. To be quite honest with you, and we're middle of five in the main and doing well. That's why I'm I'm saying that. I hope I'm wrong, of course. But yeah, yeah, I I like that about your um country. You 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 see it how you see it. Um, I know it's not always like the way most Sunderland fans wanted to hear it. We you don't we don't want to be happy clappers. We um. Because my, well, the last time we had lots of happy clapper fans presenting, oh, we're the best team. Well, we got relegated twice in a row. Like, if you see that on social media, like, oh, I think we'll get beat, we'll get all the, all the happy clappers piping up. Oh, can you ban this user? He's a Maggie, he's a Newcastle fan in disguise, really. And all. You get all that crap in there. I mean, of course I want someone to win. It's just, it's, it's just me head speaking. This yeah, is, put your realistic oh, cap on. Yeah, put your realistic cap on. You, you've seen... I want us to bloody win. I mean, I hope we smash them four. Yeah, of course I do. Nothing, nothing more. But you know, just like Alan Shea when he's on match of the day, he's neutral when he's when he's punditry and he's commentary, and that's that's what I'm doing. I'm just putting me sort of neutral head on. Uh, but is, when he sees us on the match, is he really? <laughs> oh, absolutely, he's sunning through and through, man. Who <laughs> Alan Shea? <Shearer. laughs> he doesn't care about us. Especially when the um, this porn noise is going on in the background. Oh, that was <laughs> funny. <laughs> Uh, which game was it again? Wolves. It was yeah, the Wolves uh, FA Cup game, wasn't it? I know the person who did that. But he he had the he posted out on his thing, didn't he? Oh, Jacob. It was Gary Lineker, wasn't it? Wanted wanted his phone or something? No, no, some no. Some lads post uh, taped a phone to one of the back of the chairs and give the phone a ring, and obviously set the ringtone to the porn noise. <laughs> It's a lad called Javo. He's um he's got millions of subscribers and stuff. Um, how did he get how did he get it in there? That's the thing. It, he just knows people. I mean, he, he he his videos on his channel where he planted a fart box machine um in like the Crucible Theatre and uh, when the snoop was going on and stuff and live on BBC TV you could hear like a like get loud as when the players would take his shot. Um, so he's, he's he's good at doing stuff like that. I guess he's just just who he knows. Or he he blags himself into award ceremony nights by putting a suit on. That like he's just clever. He's just good what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Prankster. It's been a while since I've seen anything like that kind of funny on match of the day or anything like that that brings you back to it. Last, I think the last like proper stuff was the 
the Macam mover against the Geordie Dancer on Soccer AM. That was the last time I actually. <laughs> Kenny has just said he didn't see the game out of the UK. I just got text off my grandson, but he was going mad about the referee. Oh, honestly, that re- are we talking about the Swansea game again? <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Just, just come up on the chat, yeah. Oh no, that's fair. That's honestly, I, I, I think we've all come to the same conclusion. We've got to put the game in the past. The refereeing on that was, I think, corrupt a bit. Uh, VAR in this league would be beneficial. Luke 9 was an idiot, and we couldn't hold out against um, a man advantage it's so for the entire that game. We had is actually give us wins. He, we won under his games, but he, I, I said this to, to you last week, he has been known to dish out yellow cards a lot. He has, on, on average, three, uh, four yellow cards per game, and he's given out now three red cards in, in 10 games he's refereed this season. That's he that's a high percentage. This weekend. <laughs> so, he, he refereed the uh, Bristol City game, didn't he, when we played them away? Didn't want either referee of that game. Referee is Wigan uh, against Wigan as well at home, I think. All right, because I've heard he refereed that Bristol game that we did. Yeah. Back in. Yeah, and uh, QPR away in the cup. Oh, when we played him in, is that when we beat him on penalties? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, oh. It's been a hot minute since that happened. Feels. Back when Lee Johnson were manager. Yeah, hot minute ago. Um, yeah. So I'm just I'm just trying to think now, uh, lads. Did we were on a good floor? <laughs> we revert back to the first point. So, uh, yeah, that that brings me on. Sorry, the, the the upcoming game against Middlesbrough. We haven't had any indication with any new players being signed i know we've we've got a couple of rumors where there's there's this west ham youth there's a is it a leon or marseille youth that's coming in as well but they haven't yeah, signed a, they haven't signed the dotted line yet so we'll not have anybody in place for sunday are you guys getting worried about our transfer window getting smaller and smaller i'm not the only one i mean look on social media a lot of people have been impatient and not to suss our owners out it's like well what's going on there's already reports like we've got some youngins coming through and that like and some people are saying no shite we're like youngsters coming through we need some experience we need something mm-hmm. something more you know yeah, but that, that's our long term plan isn't it young young and up and coming young, young and up and coming in loans and stuff mm. that's what it says on social media a lot of people are sort of like is, is crew Louis Dreams made out to to be what he actually thought we were when he first took over Billionaire, billion, low millions in the bank. We'll, get, we'll do all right. Well, it might be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever it may be. Um, I was having a chat with uh, one of my colleagues at work about Stoke. They have money. They're they're backed by the owners of Bet Three Six Five. I think they're all like one of their uh, chairs is the richest woman in in Britain. But they're not allowed to spend the money because of financial fair play. That's the polar opposite end of us. We're not. We're just not spending money at all. Um, like you said, loanees and wages are not transfer fees. Have we used the Will Griggs situation from two, three seasons ago? How many seasons ago was that? 
18, 19, so... Uh, four, five seasons ago, wow. Mm. Um, yeah, are we using that Will Griggs situation, that Netflix documentary episode, as a cautionary tale? Have we actually learned from just throwing money at a problem doesn't actually necessarily fix it? Is that what we? Is that what you feel is happening? Not, not at the minute, no. So, but what what do you think is happening then, Jacob? I just think they're definitely taking the time, but I do think we can get a bit impatient some of the fans. But I can understand why at the same time. But you can't just, you know, do it straight away because you don't want to <laughs> regret getting a player who who's shit, do you? Like straight away, you know, <clears> but. I do understand on the other half, though, you know. But it's, it's funny you mentioning about the likes of Will Grigg. I've, I've been binge-watching The Sun Until I Die, the, uh, the Netflix <laughs> series and stuff, and uh, because, obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, we know now what's happening, and it's just so cringy when it... When we're, we've lost magic, and then all of a sudden, the next cutscene's like, Will Grigg's on fire, and everybody's excited as, uh, oh, we're getting a Will Grigg, and, you know... It is cringy because you didn't know how shit he actually was. And I know where you're coming looking on that one where it's like you want to avoid, you know, mm-hmm. signing shit again. That's just like all the hype. And then it's like it's like a wet fish when it actually comes to the club. I can see possibly why they are doing that. Yeah, you, you think that we are putting caution to the tail now? Yeah, well, you can't tell me the owners haven't watched that series and, you know, they, they'll be taking tips from what's happened in the past, you would have thought, anyway. Yeah, but if if you look at other documentaries outside of Sunderland, if you look at the Chelsea one, the Tottenham one, <laughs> the, every, pretty much everyone's got one in the Premier League now. If you look at their ones, their, their, their philosophy is um, build up the academy as strongly as possible and buy mega megastars in foreign leagues who are looking for the the glory in the limelight. We can't offer the glory in the limelight from the other leagues' perspective unless that's like Belgium League 2 or, I don't know, Sweden's Premier League. Like, it's the championship's not that much of a draw. Sunderland's not that much of a draw yet. Oh, that academy's good for us, bigger clubs. And our academy at the minute is providing some of the best talent in the country, and it's... It's nurturing people like Ahmad. It's Mishu. You've got loads of good young talent being brought into the club, and that is the new recruitment philosophy. I, I just think patience might be the best thing for us, and it's about keeping the talent that is already shining, keeping Stuart, keeping Ahmad, if we can, from Manu. Buy him outright, because he is... I think he would have a much better career with us, with Sunderland, than anybody else. Our recruitment in this window is non-existent. Um, I've, I've, I'm recognising that Paul hasn't really said much, so I just want you to <laughs> to, to weigh in, mate. What, what, what are you thinking about our current policies? What, what are you seeing, or what are you feeling is happening? I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm just pleased a little bit now in time. You know, like, um, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the, under Donald, you know, we went straight out to get players. But now, uh, since Christian Speedman and Stuart Harvey's came in, you know, the, the um, Mowbray's probably told them, uh, you know, what players we um, Mowbray wants. Um, but like I said to you, Lord Ants, 
um, Tony Mowbray actually gives the update today that um, in the next few weeks we are expected to announce uh, some exciting uh, young players to come in. Yeah. Last part of that sentence is what is worrying me. It's young players again. I I'm, I know you can win. <laughs> you can win leagues with young players. Um, and you can develop the talent, but. I don't want loanees. I want permanent permanent players. People with two, three year contracts, let them shine. Sell them on if they're if they're not performing. We well, don't we don't want anybody like Rodwell. Um, you know that um uh French uh, under twenty twenty one winner that we're getting in apparently. Um, um yeah. I've heard he is apparently a permanent deal. That would be good if if we get more permanent deals. I'm I'm on for that. Uh, I've just got his name here, Isaac Lahan Lahaji. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, uh, that is from Losk. Uh, yeah. Currently on thirteen thousand euros per week. Um, Sunland is in the best place to sign him um, under the uh, model implemented by KLD and Speakman. Player visited. The facilities on Monday, so he has been to us, um, to check us out. It... Well, I've seen apparently we're front runners to get um, Charlie Cresswell from from Leeds to come in. He's a he's a um, uh, defender. Yeah, you know that that got me a little bit sad there. <laughs> if you asked me about 10 years ago would you like a Leeds player to come in um, I'd be like why would we want him he's, he's at Leeds now Leeds has just said 2-1 son by the way prediction oh cool that's good do, do you think we're overly reliant on the academies of Premier League clubs yeah so... that's, I think we are that, that, I think that's how we got um, Nile Huggins yeah, we had Jack Diamond that way, didn't we? Back in the uh, couple of seasons ago, um, we got Bar, the Diallo, Roberts. It's just difficult, isn't it? Because all the big clubs are there with the fishing rods and the hooks, just waiting. You know, mm-hmm. obviously not just not just for Sunderland, but any of any of the other smaller clubs. But dare I say smaller clubs? But I want to put the side in the leagues where we are. Yeah. Um, it's just you haven't got the chance to sort of progress and proper build a solid foundation because the other guy, other teams just come fishing and say thank you. Thank you very much for that talent. Uh, well, I think case in point in that mate is Ross Stewart. Ross Stewart at the minute is being eyed up by everybody and anybody um, who's having striker issues. So he's proven himself in the championship. Um. If we didn't have Ross Stewart right now, we would be, uh, without his goals, we'd be pretty much where Coventry are, which doesn't sound that bad. Um, But we need more goals. uh, And we need to be more solid at the back. Uh, Oh, that that is a question, sorry. With the transfers and these youths coming in, are any of them dedicated strikers? I don't think that Losk plays uh, a striker, and I don't think the West Ham youth that might be coming in is a striker either. They're the only two rumours I've uh, I've seen. 
I've heard that whether that would possibly get in the first one you mentioned. I I know he's a winner, but I think he can play as a forward as well. Yes, that so he's a winger. Isn't that what Amadiolo is? Isn't that what Barr is? Both them right wingers. You've got Clark and Roberts on the left. You've got Barr and Diallo on the right. Uh, it, uh, why would we have three players in the same position if they're not literally like front two? I, I think unless it's, he's going to be right forward and left forward, unless we're doing that a little bit, bit wider on the edge of the 18, it doesn't really make much sense to me at least. Yeah, well, apparently there's rumours that he could be the replacement for Mad. You know, like, if Mad doesn't come back, say, like, in the summer. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there some... Wasn't there some rumours about us having potentially any... Uh, I want to say Everton rejects, but... Yeah, any of the Everton cohort. was obviously the same situation at the start of the window... Our striker issues have come off the back of that, right? Yeah, well, apparently I've heard uh, Speakman is... I think Speakman wants to try and talk to Everton, see if we can get um, Ellis Sims actually back. I don't think we can. Um, unless we have to outright purchase him in this transfer window, I don't think he can go out on loan again this season to the same club. I don't. You can't recall and then replace. That's a, you've terminated the original contract, but that contract is still active if they go back out to it. So even if they offer a new signature, the new one wouldn't supersede the original term because it's still within that original term. So I don't think we can have Sims back unless we purchase them this season. I think once it, I think the end of the season, the thirtieth of May, um. He could come back on loan, but I don't think until that point he can. I I haven't read the contracts, but <laughs> that's just what I thought was the norm. Uh, DJ. Hello. Hello. Recruitment. What, what are you thinking, buddy? Where, where do you think we are lacking? Starting long term or just this ju ju Just this transfer window. What is the goal of the transfer window this season? The rest of the season. There's, yeah, there's only, what is it, 21 games left? No, 19 games left. Yeah, and how, how long's left the window again? It's about 11 days. 11 days. Well, in Sunland's terms, and that's that's a lot, a lot of time, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we really can close is. the deal in three hours, but. It's. <clears throat> Well, strikers are, strikers are priority, aren't they? Um, you know, with, with the rumours with Stewart and because we've lost Sims, and we definitely we need more firepower without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I think our midfield's okay. Um, as of rumours that we keep getting youngsters in and youngsters and stuff, I mean, it's hard to come up because we don't we don't know nothing about any youngsters or who they are. Um. Do we need to beef up the the defence a, a little bit more? I mean, we've you know we've still got the likes of one nine and Gooch playing out with position that's just been going on, going on and on. Um, we just want to get eleven players out there playing in their preferred positions where they're supposed to be. Um, but yeah. I'm just going to go down the the old loan route again. 
Is it, does it do Sunland any good, or does it just do nothing but Sunland hard and harm in the long run? If it gets Sunland promoted, of course it's it's good in the long run. But how can you build on loans? Because you know they just they're basically gaps. you're just masking over problems, aren't you? Because they'll be gone again, and you're back to square one. Yeah, they're a bandage. They're not a permanent solution. We might we so might like them. Put a set ball for the toothache, innit? Instead of pulling the fucking tooth out. What the, that, that problem is. Um, it just seems to be an easy cop out loans for Sunderland. It's been going on for, for too long. Well, I don't know about paracetamol, but Amadiolo right now is definitely codeine <laughs> for us. But, um... well, I don't know about codeine. I would um, I would actually say uh, morphine, to be honest with you. <laughs> with, with, with some laughing gas involved as well. Yeah, you know, some bit of laughing gas, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we have done quite well recently with our loanies. I'm not, I don't think. That's a, an issue. I think our loanies have come into the club, jailed well. Like you said, I think it's over-reliance on loanies to stick around for the long term. And the Sims is a cautionary tale in in that wind. What happens when the parent club's struggling? They're above us in the tier, they're in a different league, whatever, and they, they want that player back for survival. That's our, that's our downfall on, on loanies. So this lost player... Being a permanent move is a good indication that that's what we're we're looking. We're looking to develop players over three to five year contracts and potentially bring them into the Premier League. I think if we do that approach for the next season of two seasons, we'll have players that will be on promotion bonuses, and that will make them want to be up there much more. And let's face it, if we get promotion, we can afford to pay them those bonuses. Just said on my chat, um, do you lads think we were playing better football under Alex Neil than what we are at the minute? Um, it's, a, it's a hard barometer to measure. I'll let the other lads answer, and then I'll. Uh... That's oh, yeah, a tough one to I'm answer. Just, I'm just involved in, them, in, in the chat yeah. and stuff, of course. I mean, don't have to answer it straight away. Paul, oh, go on, mate. What do you reckon? Better, <laughs> better, better football <laughs> under, under Neil? That's a tough one to answer because. Um... I, I did like the football under Alex Neal and I like the football under Tony Mowbray. I'm gonna I'm gonna be um quite staunch about it and just say no. I think Alex Neal's level of football where he got us through the playoffs, won won that long streak of games, that's the kind of performance we would have expected from Sunland. It was Hard, it was sluggard. We had a lot of nil nils in there, you got to remember. We had a couple of games where we, we scored in the like 93rd minute, 95th minute to get winners. It was scrappy, it was nervy, and it was below the level we expect as Sunderland fans. Um, so ultimately, we did win a lot and we didn't, didn't lose as many games as we had in the last couple of seasons, but it's against the opposition that we, we had players that could have massively done much better against. So I think Tony Mowbray's football now is quite testament to how much better we are under Tony Mowbray than we are at Alex Neal because you just got to look at Alex Neal at Stoke versus Alex Neal at Sunland in the championship. If you just narrow to just the championship just this season, Tony Mowbray is better than Alex Neal. Statistically, it's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> so yeah, that that's my thoughts. Tony Mowbray better than Alex Neil, but the football that we were watching in League One was finally decent. 
So hopefully that yeah, answers the question. I have to agree with that. Uh, to be honest, I think we'll find out more when Alex Neal comes up to the stadium of Light as well, actually. We're probably going to smash Stoke at Stadium of Light. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me either, and mainly due to... I don't know if you know much about what's happened at the back, um, in the in the like what Stoke's issues are at the moment, um, but they have a bit of a loanee crisis. They've got a lot of loanees, like we we were potentially threatening with this transfer window, but they can't make more loanees because they've still got players, too many players in their roster that are in the starting eleven that are loanees. I think the maximum you can have is five in a starting eleven. So if you can't have six loanees in your in your starting eleven, and they were heavily relying on those five players playing week in week out, so they've had to get rid of some uh, Liam Delap, and I think there's another player that have, that that were loanees to get other loanees in. It's kind of a strange situation because they can't spend money. Wasn't yeah. Delap on the coaching side because um, Alex Neil wants um, Mike Dodds from us now. Uh, uh, um, is it Rory Delap, the the dad? He's gone. He's gone. He's left Stoke. Yeah, and Alex Neil wants Mike Dodds from us. To be fair, Mike Dodds let him go. I'm really, yeah. really not that worried. No worries, buddy. Catching a few. Four minutes later, Burnley minutes fifty-eight or fifty-nine. Basel, welcome back. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one to think about with with transfers and who who we need and where we need them. Um, if sorry, no, I just bounced bow my head. If the rest of this transfer window, we don't actually bring anybody in. How concerned are you? I'd be fairly concerned because I would like to see some new players, but. I mean, we still we still got some good players already. So, um, but I would like to see some new faces come into the club. So, I would be fairly concerned if we don't have any players in. So, I'd I'd be more concerned just for our strike situation. But Paul, what do you, what do you think of it? Well, to be honest, I would be worried if we didn't bring any players in. The thing is. I was talking to um, Acacia yeah. earlier on today, and um, I said to Acacia, I don't know why we've given um, Christian Speakman the sporting director role. Okay. Because uh, apparently um, Speakman actually wasn't sporting director at Birmingham. No, he weren't. No. This is the first time he's actually been given this role. What was he at Birmingham? What did he do at Birmingham? Uh, he was head of recruitment. All right. Um, so he was a, he was responsible for all of the back office staff, not players. Back office staff. Would you think it would do that with him at Sunderland and make Dreyfus the full owner? Would you be happy with Dreyfus as like the full? The ownership situation, I think, will change as soon as we hit um, playoffs or relegation fodder again. Um, mm. If mind having Dreyfus as a full owner, would you like? I wouldn't mind to... it. I think we need to move away from consortiums and groups and stuff like that, and just have one outright owner. Exiled, uh, sorry, I've just got exiled and Josh pop into the chat. Exiled, ping me a DM. We'll set up a time. 
Um, not a problem. Let's do that. And Josh asks, what's the news on the transfer, mate? Any insight? So we have had, just to sum up so far, we've got two players, two youth players, one from West Ham and one from LOSC who are on the cards. They've checked out our academy, just got to sign contracts, apparently. Um, so we're looking like we're getting a CDM and a right winger. Is that right, Paul? Is that right, Jacob? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, the lad from West Ham played um, tonight, actually, for the Premier uh, League 2 um, for West Ham. And I actually watched it. He actually scored tonight. Oh, OK. Uh, so he's more of an attacking midfielder then, or was that just a good moment in the game that he pushed forward? I would say that was just a good moment in the game, to be honest. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so at least we know that you can put the ball in the back of the net. That's a good thing. Um, confidence is, uh, yeah... Uh, so Equa is playing for West Ham tonight, under 21s. And yeah, like you said, just scored. So that's a good sign that the players we're getting in are confident. They're looking to develop themselves and they're looking to break through in the game. Sunderland is a perfect club for a lot of players at that age level to do that now because we've got that philosophy. We're implementing it. And um, it's just got to, it's got to take time. And I think... That's the thing I think most Sunderland fans are a little bit worried about. Things that take too long feel like they're never going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just um, ignore all the, the links on social media. Heavens above, there's about six or seven players were linked with every single yeah. day. Until they're holding the scarf up at the academy, like wherever it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, honestly, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm kind of interested because it puts us in the, this is the, the, the calibre of player that's looking into us. Um, but like you said, unless it's on the, the Sunland oh, yeah, feed itself, I mean, it's I, like... I totally get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm not saying about not being interested. I mean, of course I'm interested of who we're, the calibre of player like, but I'm on about like, when, when these posts saying, um, oh, we've signed this player, we've signed that player, and it's, it's nothing's official on the club website about like that. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, um, I saw one earlier on saying we've signed somebody and nothing. Well, we haven't. Yeah, no, we, we haven't. Until he's holding the calf. That's what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> really stupid. Well, I, I said a tweet like that earlier. Um, yeah, the, the Sunderland fan put out, oh, there's going to be scarf pitches before the Middlesbrough game. I was I, I put back, wait, wait until Sunday and find out. It, it might be that we have actually signed people, but like you said, the scarf pitches, <laughs> I don't know why the scarf pitches are the new norm or the, or the shirt in front of the academy, but um, I don't know. Come on in the second half. <laughs> or, or, isn't there a lead time? Like you can't make a signing and play them within a certain period or can like you make a signing and they start, they could play a match 20 minutes later. Is that, I don't know the the time what, restrictions what I meant on that. By that is when like Bar and Misha and Ahmad signed. Yeah. Um, Sunderland actually unveiled them on the pitch at second uh, second half. Oh yeah, that was weird. The four of them. Yeah, they came on uh, uh, second uh, at half time. That was really well, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Were, well, the fans were taking the mix here. Like it's a new, it's a new um, band, the seventeen and things like that. And, <laughs> New kids on the block and stuff. All the posts were coming out. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Um, Basel, I don't, is that a prediction you're seeing for the Sheffield-Burnley game? Because it's currently still showing here as 1-0. You're saying Sheffield 2, Burnley 0. Oh, Sheffield, yeah, Sheffield 2-0 and Burnley 1-1. I think they're predictions. 
Um, that could be frozen. I haven't done any predictions for a while. I didn't get my finger out. Um, I've kind of gone off predictions. I've I've changed my format for my main videos to this is what's happened essentially, like the the previous re roundup. Uh, and it was a very conscious decision to do that because uh, evergreen content, like after this game, my predictions will either sound absolutely stupid or a bit pointless. But if I do a wrap up of the previous game, you can say, oh, what happened in October last year? You've got that. This is what happened. It's a very good night for Sheffield United so far. Closing the gap one to just two points. Two points. Yeah, the top, the top two in this league, I think, are running away with it. If you look at the gap between West Brom and Burnley right now, even though West Brom are beating Burnley, it's still 15 points. That's five wins and five losses. I don't think there's going to be a streak of five losses in the 19 games left for Burnley. They've lost three all, three all season Burnley if they lose tonight. Lose this game tonight. They will not lose tonight. I don't think they've got five losses in them either, though. I think Watford will be the third team to go up. So I think it'd be Burnley, Sheffield, and Watford. I'm not writing the others off. I just think yeah. Watford will. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Blackburn at first, but you mentioned, Amph, that I don't think they'd survive in the Premier League with that win-loss, win-loss thing that they're doing in the Championship. It's frightening their, um, their, their record. Like, let's say the last 20 games, it's literally just green across the board for W for wins. It's frightening how good they've mm -hmm. been. We we want to stop Middlesbrough getting five Ws in a row as well. <laughs> so somehow, 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 yeah. Just I, I wouldn't mind a, a D in the middle of that. I love a D. <laughs> well, lose their um, FA Cup game five one. Yeah, yeah. FA Cup's a bit of a, a strange one. Yeah, we know, we know how strange the FA Cup is. Look at the Shrewsbury game. Look at the Sheffield Wednesday game. The FA Cup provides upsets left, right, and centre. Um, does not with us next week. <laughs> mm. well, how many games are we playing between now and next Sunday? So obviously you've got the you've got the Middlesbrough game this Sunday, but the Sunday after, when's have we got an FA Cup tie there now? Because I think it was it was Rotherham, wasn't it, in the cup? In the in the league, so, sorry. But, then they've moved it. Yeah, Rotherham game's been moved. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's Fulham now. Fulham on Saturday the twenty eighth. So we've got the league game. Then we've got a two week break again before we pick up back on the league against Millwall. So a win, a win against Middlesbrough is going to pretty much determine our next fortnight in this league. How how positive we're going to feel. Um. Well, Exile Mackham says, given Middlesbrough's left side, could we start Gooch? Right midfield in front of Hume. I don't think Hume's starting for us. I don't think uh, he try Hume doesn't have the same. I don't know, how do you put it? Gravitas, trust, whatever. Um, in the the gaffer doesn't have that same level of trust as we did in the previous Hume. Denver was a lot more favoured by by the 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 head head coach. Um, try I think still trying to break through, so. We'll see. Uh, top six. It's all up to Tony Mowbray, isn't it? Yeah, and like um, like you said earlier on, trust trust the trust the decisions, trust the process. The only problem is blindly trusting in stuff like that 
leads to results like the Swansea game. Trusting trusting Luke Nine to make a keep his head in that in that in that moment. Yeah, Mowbray's not happy with that because um apparently Mowbray said we actually had a game a game plan um before actually O9 actually got sent off. Well, I hope he has a game plan for every kind of scenario, but <laughs> that's just such a strange comment uh, from Mowbray. It'll be interesting for the game on Sunday, though, because, well, I know Mowbray's from Middlesbrough, but Michael Carrick, he's actually from Wall's End. Okay. He's from Wall's End. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ, what, what are you thinking, buddy? What, what, what's, what's your... What's your take? Oh, a horse. Nice. <laughs> Come on. What, what are you thinking? Have you just switched off? Have you just switched off emotionally? Uh, we're just talking about how some players are not breaking through to the squad and we've got to trust Mowbray. We've got to trust him making the right decisions on on games. Unfortunately, that's all we can do, really, isn't it? It's he's the he's the gaffer, isn't he? And you can't say he's not experienced. He hasn't been around the bush, you know. So you would like to think he knows what what he what he's doing. He knows he's best eleven, and the reasons why that mm-hmm. certain players getting left out. Do you think something like communicating what he wants to achieve, better? before the game because obviously we have ma- uh, conferences before every single match we play right do you think those conferences have turned into a bit of a joke rather than an actual Sunderland fans want information that's essentially what we want going into the game we trust that they're picking out the best 11 for the match we know we we hope that they've got the the tactics of whoever we're coming up the against there about, yeah? yeah from the gaffer from from the, the head coach do you think the information that they give out before a game is enough to put our mind at ease? I think he's because he's he's the coach and not a manager. I think he's a bit scripted what they say from the from the board upstairs. I think he's sort of limited what he can say. I wouldn't be surprised to be honest with you. But I mean, that, you listen to Tony Mowbray's pre matches and stuff on Radio Newcastle four games. They're very very much the same as. Yep. Well, I mean, all, all he seems to say is. Uh, you know, we're we're feeling confident today. The lads will get get together and uh, you know they'll battle hard for the ball. It's like yeah, we know what we want to do. That's what he always seems to say every week. Yeah, and also as a kid, he did something. As a kid, I did this. He always gives us a a a, a childhood story for some reason. Well, yeah, the last the last the last one he was he was talking about um, how he used to always go down to um, the Deepdale to yeah. watch um, Preston play when he when he was little. Um, but he, he insulted the fans because he didn't know who the manager was when he was asked. Is that right, Jacob? No, I don't fucking know. Where's that band? <laughs> Get him off this thing. He's doing my pissing head in now. For that fucking joke. <laughs> but yeah, um, what, what are you thinking, right. Paul? It is right. It is right. Yeah, it is right. <laughs> I don't know what childhood story he said. Actually, if anyone remembers, yeah. well, well, he was talking. He was talking about um, mentors and poor laws. Then he was talking about 
Um, the cakes and all that. His cakes, and then he was talking about how he came through his youth team and um, rose through the ranks and how he changed in from a player to a manager. And he always seems to talk about like decades in the past rather than what's here and now and what he wants to do with the club. He never really gives us what he wants from the club or what he needs to be successful against every team. Just says the lads will try. Um, that's about it. That's all. That, like you said, DJ. It literally just says the lads will put in an effort. Like that's the bare minimum, surely. Them two press conferences with Jaffa Cakes and Mentors were well, pretty funny, to be honest. It was just they're, like... they're funny, but they don't they don't help us if no. we lo- if we're losing games or we're dropping points. It don't help us as fans to go. He actually knows what he's doing. They just make him look like a joke. I'm... I start not laughing today, though, because um, the manager took in, uh, I think it was Nick Barnes, I think. They actually gave him some um, uh, jammy dodgers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Tony Mowbray Tony said, uh, sorry, guys, I don't want any, and I don't want any more. My uh, kids, kids have talked... Uh, the kids have told you um, uh, stop uh, stop making us embarrassed on the radio and stuff. But didn't he have grapes one week as well? Yeah, yeah he, he had a box of grapes. <laughs> like that's what the conferences are about now. What are you eating? <laughs> that's it. Good job. I don't have any press conferences talking about me pickled pig's feet, isn't it? Oh man, I don't know how you eat that. Genuine would and feed it to my dogs. It's... <laughs> so, a what? Don't they eat pig's trotters as well, DJ, or something like that? That's the same as people. I, I pig's have them feet. on a Saturday night sometimes, yeah. What do you have on your pizza, DJ? I bet you have pineapple, don't you? Uh, liver and onion and pineapple sometimes, yeah. Are you even human, DJ? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it and then come back to me, please. I'm all right. You enjoy it. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it, but uh, not for me. Thank you very much. Pepperoni's the best, DJ. Pepperoni pizza. I thought that was banned anyway. Right, no. All right. I want to ask one last lighthearted question. What is the last thing you eat or the first thing you eat before a game? I don't know. Maybe. Do you, have a, do you have a ritual? Do you go to a burger joint? Do you go on? Like when I, when I'm actually at a game, I just usually get chips or something like that, like just some chips. Chips, bog standard. Yeah. D- DJ. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when you actually go into a match itself? Yeah. When you, do you have a pre-match food ritual that you you go for? Oh, it's got to be. Um... From one of them mobile van units, and it says it's got to be the uh, the burgers with the uh, f- fried onions and that uh, cheapest of cheapest tomato ketchup that they use in the squirty bottles. That's got a few pubic guys wrapped around the top of the nozzle. Yeah. Oh fuck off. <laughs> that's what they are. No, no, no. It's it's, it's all, that that's not a bad show, Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I always get a cheeseburger from one of them joints. On the yeah. burger vans yeah. <laughs> inside the ground. That's where my kids are from as well, like them vans as well. So yeah, I, I, in, inside the ground is all cutlass now. So 
I don't know how much chips cost though. Usually at a football game from them vans, is it? Like, how much is it like, generally? It's like three quid to be honest. It's not cheap, but you're at the game. They're convenient. They're hot, and they're right there. So yeah. Um, for me, it's usually a Greg's. <laughs> it's a steak slice or something, um, and a bovril and a pie when I'm in the in the stadium. You gotta you gotta have a pie. And you're copying Steve Bruce there with Greg's, aren't you? I think you're copying Steve Bruce. I no, I know. I'm not. I'm definitely not copying. I might be like getting towards <laughs> the Steve Bruce fit, um, physique, but uh, no. <laughs> He's like, he, he, he looks like a cabbage head, doesn't he? His cabbage face or something like that. It, it does look like a cabbage, pot, cabbage patch doll if, like, they did elderly gentlemen. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think I'm going to wrap up. Imagine what the would give him for, uh, for his press conferences. <laughs> or they just give him a brat doll or a Barbie every week. <laughs> Let's play with You can play with that. Show us your tactics. <laughs> Uh, maybe I don't think he had tactics at the at, the, uh, at West Brom. They, they got rid of him for a reason. Right, I think we've gone over an hour, so I'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much, lads, once again for another fantastic football show. Um, well, lads, uh, on to the um. Before we actually fully wrap up, do you want to do quick shout outs of what you're doing next online? I'll start with. Paul, go to DJ and then Jacob and then, yeah, we'll wrap up fully, fully. So, Paul, what's well, next for you online? Uh, on Saturday after the, so, Sunday after the game, mm-hmm. I'm doing fans' reactions outside of the Bob, Bob Stoker statue. Yep. And then Tuesday, of course, you're coming on, Hans, and we've got um, Sky Sports' Chris Cooper. Coming on to RWA Productions. Yep. Perfect. Uh, DJ, what are you up to next as well? Burnley have levelled against West Brom, by the way, in between me and you talking there. Um, I'm presuming DJ, because he's gone silent, is dealing with one of his children. I'm here, I'm here, oh. I'm here. Yeah, well, apart from um, doing our stream for the Middlesbrough game, um, I'll just be putting like the odd video up for just... Classic games from Sun and some funny stuff and whatnot. Um, I used to do like the reviews of matches and stuff, but we'll see it all on the show, don't we? We, we, we so... yeah, we pretty much do. <laughs> um, cool. So see you on Sunday, DJ, for the match watch yeah, along. Yeah. No J- Jacob, uh, I think I'll just be sharing like on social media the game, you know, like the result, and then before the game or whatever, but. I think also what DJ will be doing, I think he missed some out. He'll, I think he'll be wanting to know who the Preston manager is, so I think he'll be <laughs> researching it on Google. Uh, do you know, I'm getting tired now, um, and it's not because I am like need to go to bed, it's just the, this joke. <laughs> well, you got to tell him. you got to tell him, man. It's none of you. We've already, we've already established it's none of you. But um, yeah, it's not it's not none of you. It's it's Jacob that's doing it. It's not good saying it's none of you doing it. It's Jacob. No, it's none of your business, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Alex Neil, the manager. Oh, he could be next week if they offer him more money. <laughs> um, so what, what what am I doing this week? I've got the watch along for the Middlesbrough game. We've got RWA. I might be jumping on um 
Exiled Mackham's podcast as well, then this show this time next week. And obviously this will also be on any podcasting service. So um, catch you on the next one and subscribe if you haven't already to all of our channels. Thank you very much. Bye.